Galatians chapter 1 and 1 Peter chapter 5. All right, Galatians chapter 1, verse, uh, verse 6. I marvel not that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have, uh, than, than that which ye have preached, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. If ye obey God's word, you'll not be deceived by a lying angel. First Peter, first Peter. First Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. That won't work. That's Second Peter. All right. First Peter chapter five. Look at uh, verse seven. Yeah, let's start with seven. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Amen. Be sober. Be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil. We have an adversary. If you're saved, you have an adversary. We all have an adversary, the devil. An adversary is actually one that contends with or resists. It's an enemy or an opponent. Opponent. So we have an adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Seeking whom he may devour. If you saved, you have an adversary, the devil, who would love to devour you. Uh, he walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, if you're saved, obviously the the devil can devour you. I. My wife made cookies the other day. I says, babe, can I have some cookies? She said, yeah, you can have them all, but you may not have any until tomorrow. Tomorrow's Christmas. So there's a difference. Even in the King James Bible, now you get that just that one word, that one word may. This isn't even in my notes, but that one word, seeking whom he may devour. You need permission. The devil needs permission to devour you. He can't just do it on his own. God has to give him permission. Uh, turn to the book of Job. The book of Job. Most of us know the story. Poor Job. He got into a... He got in the middle of an argument between the devil and, uh, and God. And boy, he took a beating, this guy. Look at Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. Uh, God's bragging about Job. Uh, it says, uh, one, one, it says, uh, there's a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright, one that feared God and eschewed evil. God loved Job. Look at that, uh, down to verse, uh, verse six. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan, then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth. And from walking up and down it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, one per perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? 
uh, verse 12, And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that, uh, behold all, that's, all that he hath is in thy power. Only himself put not forth thine hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Later on, he winds up giving uh, Satan a little more permission. But he had to, the point I'm trying to make is that he had to get God's permission to be able to touch Job. So and if you're saved, we have an adversary, just like a lion, seeking whom he, made, whom he may devour. With all that in mind, turn to First uh, Kings, First Kings chapter thirteen, First Kings chapter thirteen. If you've been here, you know that pastor's been going through uh, through the Bible, every book of the Bible, and uh, uh, when he did First Kings, uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a king Jeroboam. Jeroboam was not a was not a good king. There weren't too many good kings. I think there was two good kings and uh, maybe three good kings in, uh, in all of Judah, Israel at that time. And Jeroboam, we learned, he was a bum. He tried a few times to get right, but he never got right. So uh, First Kings, we'll start in chapter 1. All right. First King, uh, I'm sorry, First Kings chapter 13. Chapter 13. Is that what I said at first? Yeah. yeah. All right, verse 1. And behold, there came a man of God out of Judah. Right, that title right there, man of God, is God doesn't just use that that very lightly. You gotta, I mean, the man um, to be called a man of God in the scriptures, you had to, you know, you gotta have God's favor. I think Moses, Samuel, there's a few of them. A few of them called the man of God. They're all good men. So just to have that, you have to have God's favor. So a man, uh, behold, there came a man of God out of Judah. By the word of the Lord unto Bethel, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And Jeroboam, he was a king. Like I said, he don't belong. He don't belong near the altar burning incense. What's he doing? What are you doing, King Jeroboam? That's, that's for the priest. the priest. The priest is supposed to do that, not the king. He wasn't supposed to do that. So verse 2, the man of God, he's talking, and he says, uh, And he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord. Remember these things in the word of the Lord and said, and said, uh, he cried against the altar in the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus saith the Lord, behold, the child shall be born unto the house of David, Josiah by name, and upon thee shall he offer the priests upon the high places that burn incense upon thee, and men's bones shall be burnt upon thee. Later on, this prophecy happens, and that's... uh, that's pretty cool when it does. I love when prophecy happens. But uh, later on, this prophecy is fulfilled in verse 3. And he gave a sign the same day, saying, This is the sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. This is what the man of God is telling, telling the king. He's saying, uh, there's going to be some prophecy, I'm prophesying, something's going to happen. But today, he says, and he shall give a sign the same day, saying, this is a sign which the Lord hath spoken. Behold, the altar shall be rent, and the ashes that are upon it shall be poured out. And it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, which had cried out against the altar in Bethel, that he put forth his hand from the altar, saying, lay, hand, lay hold on him. And his hand, which he put forth against him, dried up so that he couldn't pull it again to him. So he got the, he got the king all mad. 
because he was prophesying them. The king wasn't doing the right thing. So, so, so uh, the man of God went in there. He says, this altar, God's going to destroy this altar. All the ash is going to be pouring. And, and the king got mad and he says, lay hold of him. Get that guy. And he couldn't pull his finger back in. You know, he couldn't pull his finger. His finger was frozen. So he could not pull it to him again. Verse 5. The altar also was rent, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given to the word of the Lord. So that's pretty cool. I mean, he prophesied to the king, put his, you know, yelled at the king. King says, go get him. He can't pull it in. Meanwhile, the whole tent, the whole, uh, the whole tent, the whole uh, altar was rent, and the ashes poured out. And verse 6, And the king answered and said unto the man of God, Entreat now the face of the Lord thy God, and pray for me that my hand may be restored me again. He didn't say, pray for me, I'm not doing the right thing. I'm, you know, I shouldn't be up here messing around. Don't pray. He didn't say, pray for my spiritual health. He said, pray for my hand. He said, pray, because my hand is stuck. However, it was stuck. Maybe he had the bird out. Maybe he was, maybe he was giving him the middle finger. It was stuck, and he couldn't pull it back. He, he wanted physical healing. Isn't that typical, too, of us, right? Amen? A lot of times, you know, it's just say, having a little trouble with sin this week and all of a sudden my back's hurt me. Pray for my back, brother. Pray, pray for my back. My back's killing me. Why don't we pray for each other's spiritual needs, right? Amen. And I'm not saying don't pray for me and don't pray for someone who's sick in the church, but we need to pray for each other's spiritual health too. You know, if you have sin in your life, you never hear, you never hear, I know we have unspoken prayer and that's good. Because I don't want to confess all my, I want confess all my sins, uh, you know, on a text to pray for me. But you know what? Unspoken, whatever it is, if you're dealing with something, we'll pray about it. It shouldn't always be a physical thing. Let's do. I think if we prayed more for spiritual healing in our in our church, I think we'd do a lot better. I think we'd do a lot better. But that's typical. So the king says, "Pray for my hand that it be restored to me again." Verse six. And the man of God besought the Lord. And, this, and the king's hand was restored to him again and became as it was before. So the king, I mean, he's having a great day. This man of God's having a great day, amen? He, came, he comes in, prophesies to the king, gets in the king's face, yells at the king, and then the king yells, the, the altar, ha- I mean, his, his prophecies fulfilled the same day. The altar comes down, the ashes are poured out. The king wants healing. He prays for the king. The king's healed now. He's having a good day, this man of God, right? Amen. So that's uh, so verse six, and the king's hand was restored him again. Verse seven, and the king said unto the man of God, "Come home with me and refresh thyself, and I I will give thee a reward." He says, "I'm going to give you a reward. You did such a good job. I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a reward." And verse eight, and the man of God said unto the king, "If thou wilt give me half of thine house." I will not go with thee. Neither will I eat bread nor drink water in this place. Verse 9. For it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn again by the same way that thou camest. So he went another way and returned not by the way which he came in Bethel. Wow. If this story would have ended right here, we would have Sunday school sermons about this man of God. I mean, he did the right thing. His prophecies came true. He stayed faithful. See the verse? It says, to the word of the Lord. He stayed faithful to the word of the Lord. He says, hey, listen, I'm, obe- I'm being obedient. God told me to do it this way. I'm going to do it this way. 
He was obedient to the word of the Lord. And if it would have ended right there, we'd be, we'd be talking about this man of God. He would have went down in history. But unfortunately, that's not what happened as we're going to read on. So verse 9 again. For so it was charged me by the word of the Lord, saying, Eat no bread, nor drink water, nor turn it by the same way which thou camest. Verse 10. So he went another way and returned not by the way which he came. He would have done good right there as the man of God. Verse 11. Now there dwelt an old, there dwelt an old prophet in Bethel, and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. The words which he have spoken unto the king, then they told also to their father. And their father said unto him, What way went he? For his sons had seen the way which the man of God went, which came from Judah. And he said unto his son, Saddle me the ass. So they saddled him the ass, and they rode thereon, and went after the man of God. And they found him sitting under an oak tree, uh, sitting under an oak, and said unto him, Art thou the man of God which camest from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said, Come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I may not return with thee, nor go in with thee, neither will I eat bread nor drink water with thee in this place. For it was said to me by the word of the Lord, Thou shalt eat no bread nor drink water there, nor turn again to go by the way that thou camest. I have specific orders. Old old preacher, I have specific orders. I can't go home with you. Verse 18, he said unto him, I'm a prophet also as thou art. And an angel, an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with thee into thine house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied unto him. And verse 19 is the son of man, uh, the man of God's demise. So he went back with him and did eat bread in his house and drank water. I mean, it was all going good up until then. This old prophet lied to him. This old prophet lied to him. The man of God, he could have gone down to history as a man who challenged the king to his face, a man who tore down the altar by, by the word of the Lord and, and healed the king's hand, but instead he goes down as the preacher who disobeyed the word of God. He's going to go down as the preacher who disobeyed the word of God came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came, came unto the prophet that brought him back. First of all, I noticed in verse 18, he said unto him, this, this should have been, an alarm, an alarm should have went off in, the, in, in the, the man of God's head when, when he said, I am a prophet also as thou art. Because the man of God should have said, well, if you're a prophet Amen. like I am, Amen. then why did I have to come from Judah to Bethel, to Bethel, to, to, to yell at the king. Amen. Why didn't you, you're right there in Bethel, why didn't you prophesy to the king? I had to, I had to come, so don't say you're like me. And that's like us, we go out, amen, right Brian? We go out amen. preaching, we go out in the streets, we're holding up signs, we're giving out tracts. How many churches are doing out that? We run into people and they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm like you, I'm a Christian like you. Oh, here you go, here's some tracts. That is a sign, you want to hold it up? Ah, oh, no. No, next time, next time. So don't say you're like us. Don't say you're like us. And we get that a lot. You're like us. I'm like you. 
also as thou art. If you're a prophet like me, then why do I have to ride all the way over here to rebuke that king? If you're a prophet, why didn't you rebuke the king a long, long time ago? Amen? Amen? You know what? We're staying faithful. When we do, when we go out, we're staying faithful. Didn't the Lord say, preach the gospel to every, every, every creature? Amen? You know, head out to the highways and hedges, compel them to come into my father's house that it may be full. Amen? Amen. Let's look at, you know what, I'll use a couple of those verses. Uh, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Why do we do what we do? Why are we different from other, from other churches? Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, look at verse, uh, start at 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? We preach that from the streets. Amen. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how, sh- how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Verse 14, that was. And how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen. And how shall they preach except they be sent? God sent us, right, to go out and preach the gospel. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah, Isaiah saith the Lord, who hath believed our report? So faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. How are people going to get saved unless we go out there, unless we share the gospel? Amen. Amen? So don't say you're a Christian like me if you're not doing the same thing. I mean, praise the Lord. I'm sure they're saved. I mean, there's a lot of people out there that are saved that just aren't... Uh, they're not. They're like the man. Like that man of God. They're not staying on God's path. They're not staying. They're not doing what the Lord told them to. They're not listening to God's word. They're not staying faithful to the word of God. First Corinthians chapter nine, verse sixteen. It says, "Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel." Amen. Second Timothy chapter four, verse two. Look at that one real quick. Second Timothy four verse two. Preach the word. <laughs> Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Preach the word. Preach the word. That's why we're out there. That's why we do. What we do. You're in the right. We're in the right place, brother. I mean, and j- listen. It's not a big church, but God's not impressed with numbers. We know that. Amen. God's not impressed with numbers. God was never impressed with numbers, right? I mean, he saved eight people, right? Noah's Ark, eight people. The whole world got destroyed. He saved eight people. God's not impressed with numbers. We're a small, small church, but you know what? Let's stick with the book. Let's stick with the good old King James Bible, God's true word, and uh, let's do what God says. Let's do what God says. I got off track a little bit, but you know what? So, the king, so, that, so, the, so back to 1 Kings 13. Back to 1 Kings 13. He's a prophet. Just he says, "I'm a prophet, just as you are." And an angel spake unto me. By the way, and then he says, verse eighteen, he said unto him, "I am a prophet, also as thou art." And an angel spake unto me by the word of the Lord. By the word of the Lord, what was he using in NIV? I'm sorry, I had to throw that one in. He had to, you know. So the alarm bell should have went off. I mean, just because that, just because there's some guy from a pulpit that has that has millions of followers and a YouTube and he uses a King James Bible doesn't mean that he's right. You know, he's 
if he's right, he's right. If he's wrong, he's wrong. You believe first and second Peter's the word of God? Amen, right? And Galatians, Galatians chapter two, Peter was wrong. They had to rebuke Peter. But yet when he's right, he was right. When he's wrong, he's wrong. And this preacher here, this, uh, this old prophet, he was wrong. He was wrong by lying. That one lie destroyed a brother. That one lie destroyed a brother. Verse 19, so he went back with him, did eat at his house and drank water. He disobeyed. Verse 20, and it came to pass as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came unto the prophet that brought him back. And he cried unto the man of God that came from Judah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, for as, thou hast, for, for as much as thou hast disobeyed the mouth of the Lord and hast not kept the commandment which the Lord thy God commanded thee, but camest back and but camest back and hast eaten bread and drunk water in this place, of, of the which the Lord did say unto thee, Eat no bread and drink no water. Thy carcass shall not come unto the sepulchre of thy fathers. And, after it came, and, it, and it came to pass after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled for him an ass to wit for the prophet to whom he had brought back. Boy, that must have been a horrible ride back for that man of God, knowing that, you know what, he, had to, he was going to die. He was going to have to pay the price. He was going to have to pay the price. That must, have, that must have been some ride back. But if you notice, that must have, that must have been some, uh, I can't imagine what that old time and that old prophet must have felt when the real word of the Lord came to him and told him that now, this guy wasn't supposed to be at your house. He wasn't supposed to eat anything. He wasn't supposed to drink anything. He was supposed to stay on that path. He was supposed to stay on that path. So, uh, verse 23, he sounded from the ass for whom he had brought back. And verse 24 is, a, is like a, it's a supernatural. It's a supernatural. The next two verses are supernatural. When he was gone... A lion met him by the way and slew him. And his carcass was cast in the way, and the ass stood by it. The lion also stood by the carcass. So, so now, the man of God is at the altar. The altar comes down, and God says, all right. He says, I don't want you to go back the way you came. I want you to go this way. So I want you to go this way, and I don't want you to stop. I want you to go right home. I don't want you to eat. I don't want you to drink. I want you to go right home. But now there's a lion over here. There's a lion over here, and the lion's den is up here, right? So now here's the path God told them to take. But across that path, that lion was going to go up into his den. He was in the forest. He's going up to his den, right? That lion was going to be there at just say 1 o'clock in the afternoon. 1 o'clock in the afternoon, that lion's coming up and going to his den. That preacher, that man of God, was told, just go straight home. Instead, he stopped, and he went, and he had some dinner, some drink with that old prophet. That took about two hours. Let's say two and a half, two hours that took. That lion's going to be at that, interpass, that, that intersection at 1 o'clock. It took a, that he's going to be there, he, let's say that lion's going to be there at noon. That guy stopped off uh, for two hours. I'm messing this up. 
But he's going to meet that line. If he would have stayed on God's path, on God's, on God's time, if he would have kept on God's time and he would have went straight, he would have been safe. But he, he didn't stay Amen. on God's path. Amen. He got on the lion's path and now the lion met him and the lion, and the lion killed him. Now the supernatural thing is that why didn't the lion eat him? And why didn't the lion eat the donkey? He could have had two meals right there. Or two, for, two for one he could have had. You know why? Because the lion, because that man of God was God's and it wasn't the lion's. If, you, if you're saved, you're in Christ. The devil can never devour you. He can, he may take you out of the ministry, but he can't have you. You're still going to go to heaven if you're in Christ. The supernatural event that happens, you think about a lion kills to eat or defend itself. That lion doesn't just kill. The lion just eats to or defends itself. This lion just killed this man and this donkey and just stands by and doesn't run. Why? Doesn't the lion, doesn't the lion kill the donkey also? Because this lion is fulfilling God's will and taking the life of that young preacher. Say, why well, didn't he eat him up? Because he didn't belong to that lion. He belonged to the Lord. If you, if you belong to Jesus, Satan can never consume you because you're in Christ. You're not in Satan. But you could put yourself in a position where he could take you out of God's service. Amen. And that's what happened here. Took you out of God's service. Once that young preacher stopped to have some food and drink, he got off of God's schedule and he got on the lion's schedule. You could invo- we could all avoid a bad encounter if we just do what God asks us, if we just stay faithful to the Word of God. The lion could have killed that young preacher if that young preacher didn't put himself in the place where the lion was passing through. He got off the path of obedience and got on the path of disobedience. So verse 26. And when the prophet that brought him back, by the way, heard thereof, he said, It is the man of God who is disobedient unto the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord hath delivered him unto the lion, which hath torn him and slain him, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake unto him. The man of God could have went down in history as a man who challenged the king. Instead, he's going to be, he goes down as the preacher who is disobedient to the word of the Lord. Verse 27, And he spake to his son, saying, Saddle me the ass. And they saddled him. And he went and found his carcass cast in the way. And the ass and the lion standing by the carcass, the lion had not eaten the carcass, nor torn the ass. And the prophet took up the carcass of the, the, carcass of the man of God and laid it upon the ass and brought it back. And the old prophet came to the city to mourn and bury him. And he laid his carcass in his own grave and mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. Why didn't that lion eat that old preacher? I don't know. Bible doesn't say. But that's not our business. That's up to God. A lot of things we don't understand what God does, you know. God may... God may give you a pass. God sometimes will give you a pass, but you know what? If it's, if it's time, it's time. I don't understand what, I don't understand all that. I don't know why that lion preached you, how the lion never touched him. 
But we have to stop worrying about what other Christians do and how God handles, how, how God handles the situation. We, don't have to, we shouldn't worry about the way God handles it. Nobody gets away with anything, right? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the good and the evil. You're not going to get away with it. If you're a Christian, there's a judgment seat of Christ. We'll give an account of everything we've done in our bodies. Proverbs, uh, uh, Romans 14, 12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. He's, that, that old prophet, he has to give an account of himself why he lied. We got to stop dealing. We got to stop worrying the way, the, the way God deals with other people. What's that song we sing? We'll understand it. Oh, by and by, right? We don't. I don't understand why certain people just get away with it. You know, I remember my, uh, my good brother in Christ, Fat Sal, when he. Uh, I'm sorry, Sal. <laughs> when when uh, when he died, he went home to be with the Lord, and just thinking, like all the guys we grew up with and there were a bunch of junkies down the beach there and and just years later just driving around and seeing I don't want to name names because Brian knows what I'm talking about seeing guys that like why did the Lord take my brother Sal why you know what one day we'll understand it oh by and by right like the song says we'll understand it oh by and by we'll understand it so you know what God gave the line permission to take that guy, uh, the man of God, out of the ministry. We got to stay on God's path. It really matters to do what God asks to do, and the way He says it. And we can't let anybody talk you out of obedience to the words of the Lord. Okay, verse. Uh, I lost my brother. Uh, verse thirty-one, and it came to pass after he had buried him that he spake to his son, saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the sepulcher wherein the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. Verse 32, For, sa- for the saying which he cried by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel, and against all the houses of the high places which are in the city of Samaria, shall c- surely come to pass. And they did come to pass. And after this thing, Jeroboam returned not from his evil way, but made the lowest but made again of the lowest of the people, the priests of the high places, whosoever would, he consecrated them, and became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became the sin unto the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and to destroy it from off the face of the earth. And you know what? The man of God, he tells King Jeroboam, what you're doing is wrong. God's going to tear down this altar. He does. Jeroboam says, pray for me. God heals him. Jeroboam offers the man of God half of his, basically half of his kingdom. And he says, no way, I have orders. And the end of the day, Jeroboam's alive. King Jeroboam's alive. And the man of God is dead. Before the chapter's over, Jeroboam, he's got corrupt priests. He's got corrupt altars all over, all over the land. And uh, he's... He, uh, he, uh, him, uh, he, he's got uh, priests all over the country it ma- because it matters what we it matters that we stay true to the word of God to the word of God we can't allow others to so, so-called preachers old preachers prophets whatever they are if they don't line up with the word of God can't be afraid of them what is it Deuteronomy chapter 18 it tells what a prophet what a real prophet is 
Turn there, Deuteronomy chapter 18. I believe it's Deuteronomy 18. Oh, here we go. Yep, 18. I'm glad that would have been embarrassing. All right, Deuteronomy 18, look at verse, uh, verse, eight, uh, verse 18. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them that I command him. It's talking about Jesus Christ. Anyway, and it shall come to pass that whosoever will not hearken unto my words shall speak in my name. I will require of it. Here we go, verse 20. But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall, or that shall speak in, in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that thing which the Lord hath not spoken, that, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet that, that spoken it presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So whether it's an angel or a prophet that preaches, that, 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 that someone says spoke to them, whatever, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, stay faithful to the Word of God. It's got to line up with this book. It's got to line up with the book. And it matters that we stay true to the Word of God. We can't allow others, so-called preachers, to tear us away. Uh, we can't put ourselves in a position where God will give the devil. We, we can't put ourselves in a position where God will give the devil permission to take us out of the ministry. And he could do it so easily, so easily. Psalm 119.11, Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. We had to hide God's word in our heart. We got to study 2 Timothy 2.15. Study show yourself approved unto God, right? Wait, I'm sorry. Is that? Yeah. A work we got to study. We have orders to study God's word, to know God's word. Uh, we got to finish strong, amen? amen. The man of God, he started out strong, but he f- he had a weak finish. He had a weak finish. I don't want that to be me. I don't want that to be us. We got to we got to finish strong, as our, as our pastor says all the time. A uh, couple verses, Proverbs four twenty six. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Uh, God's word helps us walk, right? Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 25, 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. We got to finish strong. And, you know, praise God. We don't want to be like that man of God. You know, it, it, it. Feel bad for him. God put it here for a reason. Amen? So I, I think that was a lesson we could, we could learn from that. So Let's pray. Father God, in Jesus' name, we just thank you, Father, for your goodness, Lord. Uh,